Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 221. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of books that we are looking forward to coming out July 16th, 2014. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're doing a trade and review of... Mike Grell's... Green Arrow run called The Longbow Hunter. Yeah, so we have the first uh, Longbow Hunters. It's multiple. two of them. Um, So we're being talking about the first trade of that. And then, in celebration of episode 221, Paul, we have some beer here that you picked out. Yeah, this is... uh, I don't know if Paul picked it out. Well, we kind of talked about it, and John uh, said, Hey, I picked up uh, these two beers from them. Find the other ones. Do it, Paul. And I'm like, okay, and cool. He and I hefted it because that's what I do for the show nowadays. Uh, I just have to do things. We were hanging out, and Paul bought one of the beers. What were we hanging out doing? We were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, and and I really liked uh, what is probably going to be the last beer from them. We're going to drink. Um, so I went out and I grabbed their Bitter American. This is their Session Pal L. Uh, very light. You know, it's an extra pale ale with bold malt and hop flavors. He's reading that from the can. That's I, not his opinion. That is not my opinion. It's it's not a bad beer. Uh, it's not a great beer. I probably wouldn't need to drink this again unless I really needed to hydrate myself. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the. This is coming in cans. Uh, 21st Amendment does all their. Or I've only been able to find it in they, can I'm releases. I'm pretty sure they only can. And uh, what's kind of nice about. Having something that is like this that isn't super hoppy or refit, uh, doing something you know super dry your palate out is that I could get that already because Sierra Nevada releases torpedo in the can and also some I think one other one their IPA in a can and uh you can only at least here in New York uh Erie County you can only bring in cans into the county parks you can't bring in bottles. So it's nice to have that kind of option when you're out all day in the hot sun. Oh, yeah. To drink something a little bit more refreshing versus something that dries your mouth out. Uh, this is, like, colder than it was when I tried it the other night. And it's definitely one of those beers that's better cold. Yeah. Um, I had it, like, slightly chilled because I just wanted to try it. And it it wasn't bad, but I like it better colder because it's just... It's one of those beers where you're drinking it because it's a hot summer day and mm-hmm. just came in from... Washing your car or some other activity yeah. outside in the and sun. With it, it's only four point four, so it is that yeah. refreshing. You can have it after doing some yard work or do this and <laughs> mm-hmm. go about your day like it's not like you're drinking a six or eight. Well, that's or what 9% I would look beer. for in a session ale. You know, oh, yeah. the session well, ale. I want a bit of hoppiness, and I get quite a bit of hoppiness on this, and it's still it's not going to knock me out, and it's uh, going to keep me going. Oh, out in the hot, hot sun. Uh, when when I saw that it was a like I you see the name and it's bitter American, I thought it was going to be an actual like bitter bitter beer. That's what I thought it was going to be too. And uh, I was a little sad that it's just a session pal ale. Mm. Well, we're, you're so you're a little bit bitter about oh, that. Oh, I am a bitter American about it. Oh yeah, you are. Uh, but, I mean it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't get it again, but I would probably check out other beers from. 21st day well, of the park. I'm picking this up. Well, lucky for you, John, we have two more that we'll be trying later. We will. Mm-hmm. 
What else are we lucky for, Paul? Oh, is luck- it the news? It is the news. And I think I, I, we're all going to be lucky when uh, good old Christopher Walken straps on a hook and uh, starts singing and dancing in NBC's newest, uh, latest, best. <laughs> I know, I was so distracted. Uh, musical, live, live to tape musical? What is it? I don't it's, Miniseries event. Well, it's, oh. it's a single night. And it's, you know, they just did it with sound A premiere s- event. Where it's live, completely done live, musical, and it's going to be Peter Pan, and he's playing Captain James Hook. This is actually the first I've heard about this. Has there been any other casting stuff for it? Like, um, I did see that I think they, they casted a girl for Peter Pan, right? Has I think to be. so. Have I to do remember. it. I, I saw uh, the headline for it. Oh, I don't know any other casting. All I know, Christopher Walken. Singing and dancing, I'm in. That's okay. I loved his music videos, you know, from uh, White Boy Slim, you know, Weapon of Choice when he was, uh, well, he wasn't singing, but danced around. Now you said this is NBC. Kristen Bell. What? What? How how Uh, did you not know that? Oh, yeah. According to Hollywood Reporter, uh, it was officially made later today that uh, she will be Peter Pan. Uh, I'm so sexually confused right now. No more than normal, though. (laughs) <laughs> just like about no, in she's, general. But she's pregnant. Well, pregnant people can't be Peter Pan, Paul? Well, it'd be, you kind of want to... Well, I don't know how the rigging all goes. You know, we're going to put all I'm the just shocked time. at the amount of alliteration there that was not planned at all. <laughs> pregnant people can't be Peter Pan? Paul? Paul? Pregnant, a pregnant Peter Pan, Chris? Preposterous. Preposterous. You lost it. You paused. Um... <laughs> So this is NBC, so it's yes. not going to be like the Walt Disney, like Peter Pan. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be like, like the old one that we all watched growing up as kids. Yeah, oh. it's the a live the broadcast of the Mary Martin and Cyril okay. Richard Peter Pan Broadway play. Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw that one once. It didn't make an impact on me. That's the one that I grew up with. That's like when we watched Peter Pan, that was the one we watched. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but that's what we had. Because we probably taped it. No, that could be it. Yeah, you know, it was probably on television when we taped it. I have no idea when it originally aired. Yeah, they're hoping for Kristen Bell. She's uh, in the middle of uh, I don't negotiations, pregnancy. but also she's attached to uh, House of Lies. Um, and the four month rehearsal time, they're not sure if they'll be able to work it out, but they'd like her. Hmm. hmm. I, w- oh. I like her too. But that doesn't mean I can cast her for anything. This is this is one that I will be Keeping looking forward on? to hearing more about. Hmm. So, did you guys watch a new trailer for Doctor Who? I informed you when we got here that I did not. <laughs> but we spent time to watch that Marvel yeah, live action which, thing that you posted online. Yeah, which would be super awesome if you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's what the whole thing is. It's I'm I would be a conventionally dad being like, "Uh, oh, you want to go see that?" Okay. Ugh. So I can't have kids. No, cuz I would end up hating them and hate myself at the same time. I'm glad. <laughs> they would be a dark re- they would be a dark reflection of myself and I already don't really like myself, so it would just be bad. <laughs> Why is daddy going around punching people? <laughs> Why does Daddy hate us? Because you remind him of me. Uh, but no, um, give me some info about this trailer. 
Oh, it's uh. <laughs> you pulse sprang back to life. Someone, like, you heard it, but if only you had been able to see it too. It was like Paul was in like sleep mode, and then he sprang up. A dark, introverted moment of just loathing. He was thinking. Uh, he was thinking about kids. <laughs> Oh, something that's <laughs> very childlike. Doctor Who! Uh, there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a huge one, stomping over England. Daleks are there. And it ends with the Doctor Who asking a question that uh, I believe he's been asking himself for a while, if he's a good man. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and it's basically he's saying, hey, I- I've lived for almost 2,000 years now. And I've made some really bad choices and made some really bad mistakes. And it's about time I do something about that. Mm. And they go into the darkness. Ooh, I don't know. New looking TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, furnished by IKEA. Mm. It's a joint venture between BBC, uh, British, and Sweden. Some of the pictures that I've seen of him, too, he's not always in just the... Yeah, yeah, he's like... He's, he's dressed up more. He's wearing different outfits. Yeah, he's not looks... just wearing the same... Doctor Who outfit. Yeah, it looks like he actually gets dressed to be more temporaneous with yes. where he shows up. Not just in, but he, his Doctor Who outfit looks a little bland. It looks like just I think that's the black kind of and the white. The point is, it's supposed to be a little more bland, and that's why he changes to, to be. Those are his inside doctoring clothes. He's like Mr. Rogers. He puts his inside shoes on when he's in the TARDIS. Sorry, I didn't watch Doc, uh, Mr. Rogers. That, my mom found That was him. one of those moments that when Paul says something, I just look at John like, what? <laughs> my mom found it was really annoying, especially with the puppets, and I tend to agree with well, her. Well, the puppets weren't great, but... Oh, they were hmm. annoying. Such a nice guy. He was a great guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, You have PBS because of him, and learning shows because of Mr. Rogers. Okay. Sure. He did a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did a lot of great things. I just hated the voice that he put on for the puppets. He didn't put those voices on. He was talking to the puppets. There are puppeteers behind there. They, well, they should have hired well, better he didn't, have, he didn't have a huge budget. Paul, I'm He's sorry. He's fighting for every bit of money he could get. I'm sorry you don't like him, but he he appreciates you, and he, he believes appreciate? in you. Well, he's dead. And so. he would be so happy. He's like, you guys are doing a great job with this yeah. podcast. Oh. Then where's my rating or interview? I don't care if he's dead. Somebody dig up his corpse and sign him onto iTunes. You know what, Paul? There's some things you don't say. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Who said that? No. You know, mess around with Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Chris, tre- Chris. He's a treasure. Chris is the one telling yeah. me there's yeah. something yeah. I don't see. Yeah. 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 That's how you know. That's how you know. This is the guy that, that made the time of the life joke after Patrick Swayze died. <laughs> the day of. <laughs> but you do not mess with Mr. Rogers. Dead for years. And if, if you agree with us on that, find us over on Facebook, Twitter, yeah, no. email Paul at beggingboardcast.com. Tell Paul how wrong he is. Mm-hmm. And while Paul is checking those emails, we'll get into some more casting news because some more casting on the DC network TV show side of things. Oh, good. Um, announced appearing on Arrow will have a return B because he's not a newbie to the DC universe. Uh, Brandon Routh appearing as Ray Palmer. Oh, he's going to be Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer. What the thing I who's who's better known as the Adam if you keep up with the comics or if you don't. 
what I really hope is these TV shows that they're doing are going to be a shared universe with the movies. I really hope they'll be able to tie these in, and because who wants recasting for movies and then the TV show? You know, you don't want two different people playing the Flash. You don't want two different people playing Green Arrow or the Atom or possibly uh, Firestorm. Yeah, because also over on the CW side of things in The Flash, um, Stephen Amell's cousin, Stephen Amell, you might know him as Oliver Queen in Arrow, but his cousin Robbie has been cast as um, Ronnie Raymond, the one half of Firestorm. So there's no... Who the other half is going to be? Is it well, going to we, be the we, professor? Or here's the thing: we might be... not be having a a firestorm. It could just be like, hey, we have oh. you know, th- like this lab assistant who's like a college student, Ronnie Raymond, helping us out today. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of those little like, hey, it could be in here because the other people like um, the guy that's going to going to be Impulse. Like he looks like a college student. The uh, I can't think of what the character's name is. Bart Allen, Impulse. No, not Impulse. Uh, Vibe. Oh, Vibe, yeah. Uh, he's there, and isn't it... Um, Killer Frost. Killer Frost is there. And they look younger like their lab assistants. So Robbie might be a love interest or who knows what. But he does look a Killer, lot like... Killer Frost, isn't it? He does look a lot like uh, Stephen Amell. Yeah, you can definitely tell they're related. Yeah. It's hard to believe that they're just cousins, too. I know, right? So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to like whatever kind of little mini series event that they the, the tie over that they tie. do whenever like because you yeah, know it's going to happen crossovers like the old Buffy and Angel crossovers yeah. Yeah. even though they're on like separate nights I want it to be like that special two night event well that's right. that's how it was with Buffy and Angel right no they, they were, were on, they're yeah, on they, one after another yeah oh really so if you saw like Oz appearing on Buffy like in the next episode the, the episode when he leaves Buffy yeah. and then he's on uh, yeah he Angel. shows up in Angel so was it like he he oh, gets into a cab no, and then he, he, he leaves. Yeah. He leaves in a van. Yeah, he, uh-huh. and then he, he shows in up in the beginning of the next episode in the van. Okay, that makes sense. He's just driving from Sunnydale to L.A. Sorry, like, I can't. An hour I, drive, I, maybe. I can't get past episode three. <laughs> or, During the episode, he drove the. Yeah, exactly. During the commercial break, yeah. Uh, yeah, four episodes into like season four, I can do it. Season four is the college kind of, year. That's yeah. the rough one. The first year of college, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that was very much with them trying to not be extremely meta, but like, oh, it's college, like, there's so much stuff going on at once. Then a lot of Yeah. No, that's, that's like my least favorite season. It's a tough season. I will agree. <laughs> uh, so but there is some good episodes at the end of it. Is that where I should have started watching Angel and just kind of like got through it that way? And then it doesn't matter. That show is over 15 years old, right? Uh, something What's else new? that might be really tough is Sony and Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 3 uh, is said to be pushed back to 2017. Okay. Uh, Drew Goddard left Daredevil to go into Sinister Six, which is supposed to start filming in January of 2015. But there are no scripts written. There's no confirmation on anything. And all the people that are supposed to be working on these projects don't know any information about what is going on. So something is not flying right with Amazing Spider-Man. Don't worry, there's a lot of money involved. They'll get a movie produced. That's not what we like to hear. That's true, though. You know, it's the thing. It's 
90 something, you know, 89 million, 90 million dollars opening again, no matter how junky a movie it is, it doesn't matter at this point. They're going to get something together and put something out. Yeah, they'll throw, they'll throw whatever they can together. Yep. Just got there. Unfortunately, a movie that's not just going to be thrown together and put out there. Smooth segue, Chris. Um, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro just did a Reddit AMA um, to help support... AMA stands for? Ask Me Anything. Yeah. Um, it's basically a, a forum where people can post questions and they answer them um, in order to help promote his new miniseries, The Strain, which was based off the novel that he wrote, which was also it's adapted a, into a comic, comic book. Series. It's about uh, vampires, right? About vampires. And originally he wrote the novel because he wanted to do it as a TV show, but they couldn't find someone to pick it up. So there you go. There it is. Um, but during the questions, like he answered a lot of stuff about Pacific Rim 2. Um, it's in the works. He also wants to do an animated series. And he talked a little bit about he's going to be doing like like a small focus, like black and white picture first before he goes into Pacific Rim 2. But also mentioned was the Haunted Mansion movie that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con in 2010. Um, apparently it's still in the script writing process. They're on their third or fourth draft of the screenplay right now. But there is a movie, the Haunted Mansion movie, right? Yeah, yeah it was Eddie like, Murphy. Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy, like 2001. Right? And I think, they did, a, now, I think right? they did a sequel to that. No? No. So, and that just happened. That's not... that. No, that happened... Like that in two thousand one, Paul. Really, two thousand one? Yes. Woo. Maybe two thousand two, but yeah. Was that so? Raven, Raven, uh, part of that? Did no. she do the uh, even... very superstitious cover from Stevie Wonder? No. No. For no, that, Paul. no. Um, something else he had mentioned was that he would love to do Hellboy three, but there's no studio that'll back him on it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and the movie, the black and white movie that he wants to do is a uh, Lovecraft story that he's wanted to do forever. Oh, interesting. Um, that the reason they'd never let him do it is because he wanted it to be rated R, and he said that he's figured out a way for it to get to that PG-13. So maybe being in black and white yeah. might be one of those reasons. But, um, hopefully they get this Haunted Mansion movie going soon, because I think it would definitely benefit from his vision. Because he wouldn't be directing it, he would just be producing it. That's something I would definitely want to see. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I enjoy his movies. I I go I go and I go and I to enjoy those movies because I know they will be enjoyable. And Paul, you're actually the first person to show me a uh, movie of his. Yeah, uh, the Devil's Backbone. Devil's Boom. Backbone. I'm sorry, I was looking up uh, Raven Simone's. <laughs> Page. When you say looking up, you mean clicking over to your favorites tab, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she was part of the Doctor Doolittle. So we definitely franchise. have to go onto Paul's Facebook when he leaves the room, <laughs> yeah. like uh, Raven Simone. Um, but Paul, what's something else that you like? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to throw it to him without him knowing what I'm going to be talking about. I, I like comic books that are coming you, out this week. Well, yeah. you like comic books. Are you excited for all the changes coming to the Batman universe? Oh, good. Changes. And by, by changes, I mean... mean to Batgirl? Kind of, well, there's that, and then there's a few more things that are popping because up, too. did you see the sketch that Becky Cloonan did? Welcoming uh, Batgirl to her neck of the woods? No? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I saw it. Okay. I thought it was nice. Uh, new creative team taking over the Batgirl books. Uh, what yeah. other changes are there? Um, well, Batgirl being... Not relaunched, but with 
issue number 34, we have a brand new creative team. Um, written and art by, or cover art by Cameron Stewart. Um, interior pencils by Babs Tarr. Um, looks a lot of fun. The character design work was done by Cameron Stewart, and he's just an awesome artist to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, we have two new Batman family books coming out as well. Um, Paul, why'd you just shake your head like that? I, I'm just trying to count in my mind it's, uh, how many Batman books that would be now. Um, a lot. Yeah. Um, Arkham Manor, written by Jerry Duggan with art by Sean Crystal, which features Bruce Wayne giving up his ancestral home to be a new asylum for the criminally deranged. And then also Gotham Academy, written by Becky Cloonan. Hey, what? Yeah, yeah there you go. There we go. Um, co-written by Brent I Fletcher hate all of this with, until you mentioned Becky with Cloonan. With art by Carl Kershaw. I'm in. Um, this takes place at a Doesn't pres- matter. prestigious Gotham Academy whose benefactor is none other than Bruce Wayne. Ah, and it's a picture foundation for Batman. Sounds I imagine, great. I imagine you'll probably be getting some crossover with Batgirl because Brendan Fletcher is also the co-writer on the new Batgirl series with Cameron Stewart. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in checking all these out. I can't wait for uh, lookbacks. I'll check out Batgirl and possibly... Um, and, Gotham I mean, Academy. The way the way that we work, we are all willing to, Manor, to, just, to buy yeah. to buy one because you never know if it's gonna it could be great. Hey. It could be something that you're like, yeah, I wish I continued on this. Or yeah, keep and on this do you thing. count Red Hood and the Outlaws? Yeah, as yeah. one of the Batman books. Uh, he wears a Batman symbol on his chest. Yeah. Okay, Catwoman. Do you count yeah. that? Okay, I'm up to like fourteen. If yeah. if you count it's, Batman Beyond, I I did the math. For a previous episode, and it was like a quarter of the books that DC was publishing mm-hmm. <laughs> fell into the Batman family. Yeah, that was before the New Fifty Two, I think. No, that was in the new, yeah, that was in the New Fifty Two. Fourteen divided by fifty two is twenty seven percent if you round up. So, with adding these new books, it'd be like a yeah. quarter. But it's more th- than a quarter. Those yeah. books sell. That's the thing. Yeah, and there's gonna be. Crazy. A newish one? Oh, Clan Clan as well? Witch Boy, yeah. Yeah, I did the Witch see Boy that. has come back. Yeah. Also Teen Titans. Yeah, the new Teen Titans. There was controversy with the boob size of the Wonder Girl, I believe. Controversy? Yeah. Never heard you say it that way before, Paul. <laughs> it's fun. Controversy. Controversy. <laughs> I was confused. Because that's the book I'm looking forward to coming out next week in the list. Oh, and uh, what about the next beer? Are you looking forward to that, While we were doing the... Oh, man, what? Right. Are we drinking that already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm we sorry. I always dr- why, do we, why don't you guys follow how we're supposed to do things? The format? Wait, are we going to talk about the movies next? <laughs> I was trying to make Paula. Um, well, our next, <laughs> our next beer is the Brew Free or Die IPA. This is an India Pale Ale. 7%. 7%. So a little bit bigger than the last one. See, I think they missed an opportunity. They should have just called it Brew Free Art IPA instead of Brew Free Art Die. Uh, it's not a bad little IPA. It's got a nice no, little sweetness to it. Um, I think this also could do... We'll toast it on the or back. Or call it Dipa or instead yeah, of... All right. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, Go ahead. But it, I think just it could talk. use the same as the Pale Ale, a little, a little chill to this, a little colder, I think you'd, it would be good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad. It's good. It's drinkable. It's not something I would seek out, but it's not something I would turn down. Yeah, we've had it out for over 50 minutes. It was in the fridge. It was a little no. colder. 
just been sitting out in a warm room. But yeah, this is uh, really enjoyable. I do like the toastiness, uh, toastiness that you said, John. And uh, oh, I said Chris that. said that. Oh, Chris. I said sweet. It's a little oh. sweet on the front. Four years of doing this, Paul. How do you not know who's who five, yet? Five years. Oh, God, that's right. We just celebrated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's good. Um, <laughs> no, very drinkable. We've known stuff. each other for like 12 years, too. You're right, John. How can I not know what you what you years we've known, Paul. Yeesh. I'm surprised. Like he's the only person alive that can't tell us apart. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I'm colorblind, guys. And the Haunted Mansion movie came out in 2003, so I was close. Oh, you were close. Still 11 years ago. It just came out. (laughs) No, I'm like it's not that long. Simone doing the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Every child song. Superstitious. Those words? That's what he said. She did the Ray Charles cover. Stevie Wonder. It's Stevie Wonder, I know, oh. but he said Stevie. Oh, did He's I never... Did I say Ray Charles? Yeah. Somebody go back and. I won't. But yeah, no, this is a pleasant little beer. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I really don't mind this. I would drink another. Uh, something that I'm willing to check out, aside from 21st Amendment beers, is uh, the book. Oh, is it my book? Teen Titans, number one, because it's written by Will Pfeiffer? Will Pfeiffer, no. the guy that uh, used to write uh, Catwoman back in the day. Yes, he did. And also, he used to write for, what, TV Guide or EW or something like that. He wrote, wrote for some sort of uh, entertainment yeah, magazine. Yeah, I'm assuming he did it periodically because he mentioned that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, okay, it's possible. Uh, but he also wrote The Amazon's Attack. Oh, crossover blood. Don't mention that. Nobody know. knows what that is. Nobody wants to know what that is. Don't doesn't exist anymore. Um... But a decent comic book writer. He also did the um, Dial H for Hero book that came out a few years ago at DC. Not the not the not re- in the new Fifty Two. It was Fifty Two series that they made. It was, was the relaunch that they did. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, definitely a darker take on it, but uh, featuring art by Kenneth Rockford. Oh, great! This is the revamping of the Teen Titans because they're new. It's got Red Robin, Beast Boy, Raven, Bunker. Wonder Girl and Superboy. Okay. So it's basically the best of the best Teen Titans. Who is Bunker? Bunker was one of the characters created for the new fifty two. He can create like the like purple glowing like bricks. Like he makes himself armor and like big fists. Okay. Things. I don't think I saw it's, him on the It's basically like a Green Lantern esque okay. power. Um He is a Latino boy. I'm so, he used to write for the Rockford Register Star. That's it. Yeah, uh-huh. I knew it was something like that. TV Guide. TV Guide. Entertainment Publishing. He did the entertainment he, section, I bet. He, yeah, he uh, was a, an assistant editor of well, features. And he, <laughs> and he wrote a weekly column on DVDs. Paul, what are you looking forward to, buddy? I'm so confused now. I don't even know. I'm, I'm well, a... he was looking forward to Entertainment Weekly, but then he found out that article about Raven Simone wasn't going to be in it. Oh. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, one of these two books, either She-Hulk or Miss Marvel. New, oh, I was going to say All New X-Factor. No. No, no. But it feels like it's too soon for Miss Marvel because the new one just came out like two weeks ago, I know, didn't well, it? Well, you know, Marvel double, double ships, ships. and okay. it is it is a new month now. But yeah, uh, both of these have been really fun, and... That's what I've kind of been enjoying, just these kind of one-and-done issues where I'm kind of, yeah, they do lead into each other, but you can read it in one sitting and you kind of know exactly where you are with all these characters. It doesn't feel all bogged down with continuity. It seems like they're very much on their own. They're doing their own thing, and 
That's the kind of pace that I'm at right now. It's good. I'm like, I'm so far behind in Batman, like the year one stuff. How can you? How can I know? Be? I yeah. know, but I am. And I'm like, like kind of looking at it. I'm like, oh, how many? Back. How many issues have you failed to read? Probably six or seven. Oh, oh my gosh! I'm probably six or seven behind. That is insane. Yeah. You need uh, you pick up one of them and read it, and you. I got them on the. you will read. I know. I will just sit and read through all of them because yeah. they're so good. Batman fighting lions. Yes, sure. With a motorcycle, Paul. Yeah, flooded Gotham. Crazy. You were seeing out. Yes, you are. Yeah. I'll, I'll get them read eventually. It's just one of those things where... Chris and I were talking that Justice League United is mm-hmm. your new <laughs> yes. X-Factor. It is. Uh, and if people who don't... If you just recently started listening to us, for like three years, we had to listen to Paul go... Uh, this month's uh, X Factor. Uh, this is the one where it's really going to turn around. This is the one where it's going to get good. And every month he'd say this about that book, until he started making fun of a bum, fun of him about it, and then he stopped talking about it. He kept buying it though. Kept Hopefully. buying it. Kept reading it. I'm keeping those issues, goddamn it. <laughs> it may, he's, he's hoping they're going to age like a fine wine. Oh, they're just getting better. You can go back and look fondly on them. Oh, man. When Richter loses his powers and he's unsure if he's gaining them back or not, crazy. Mm. Mm, Uh, This is the one where they were forced to go to this hell world for this crossover. They really shouldn't have been there. But (laughs) now they're getting back on track. (laughs) Now it's going to be what I liked it when it was a miniseries called Madrix. (laughs) No, and then the first 12, the first year of it was still that kind of... uh, and then M Day happened. M Day ruined X Factor. What can I say? Hmm. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, the book I'm looking forward to is coming out of Boom Studios. It is called Black Market, uh, written by Frank Barbie and art by Victor Santos. Oh, this is the thing with the syringe on the front of it. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, this is a story of a genius who's kind of squandered his abilities and is now working in a funeral home. And his ne'er-do-well brother, uh, who is a con man, comes to him to say, Hey, I think I might have figured out the cure to cancer, and it's in superhero DNA. And it's these two brothers trying to figure it out. Uh, sounds like kind of a fun book. I'm willing to always give things a try. And this is only a four-part miniseries. So easier for me to say, okay, I'll pick up that number one. But it's also easier for you to be like, eh, well, I only have three more issues to buy after this one, so I'll see how it goes. Uh, I like trying out number one. It could turn around. It could turn it around is... after number two. <laughs> and after number two, you've already heard half the story, so you might as well see how it ends. Yeah, I get to finish the ending. Uh, I, got, I got six issues into Scott Snyder's Wake before I was just like, I can't spend three ninety nine on this um, book well, Are you looking forward to the new Scott Snyder book? After the Scott Snyder, after it's the sixth issue, it jumped to the future. Where they lost, and it's a whole different story. That's yeah, they, what are, they already were. Yeah, that was already pieced in there. The book just jumped around too much. I wasn't a fan of the book. I I love the art. I enjoyed the premise, but I didn't. Okay. Um, new Scott Snyder book, which is from I think it's Image or Boom. Which is with a Y. Yes, with art by Jock. From Image, yes, with art by Jock. Yeah. Feared that one's right up Paul's alley. Yeah, I don't, I don't know because it's like a horror book though, so I don't know if mm-hmm. that's something you would actually pick up. Yeah, I'm interested in it because I love Jock's artwork. Uh, that's his nun de plume. 
Of course, I don't know his real name. And uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. What else is fun? Going bananas for the movies on our bracket buster. Okay, yes. I, I would have said going to the movies, but... <laughs> no, no, make, because... Make it weird. <laughs> because Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came I know. out. I know. Just, ah, and it starts with a B for our summer movie bracket bucket, yeah, the bucket, yeah. summer movie bracket buster episode four a new bracket, bracket. <laughs> i gotta start and stop again start and stop again then stop and start again uh <laughs> done in the planet of the apes came out to a whopping estimated 73 million dollar opening weekend making it second to godzilla with its 94 94 opening 94 million opening weekend uh so chris Congratulations, you're the one that got a point here. Hey. Both John and I picked Dawn of the Planet of the Apes to fare better. It Thanks. did so good. Thank you, Godzilla. Yeah. The last time it opened, it was so so surprising for us. Yeah, it, it's well, it's top dog, and it it went 73 million. Uh, trans, no, the number two spot is still Transformers Four. Ah, that just depresses me. With 16.5 million, so that's a huge jump between one and two. Uh, and it's one of the bigger openings we can so this summer. It's just a really slow summer. It has been. I mean, everything's been only hitting in the 90s, except for Transformers. And they're saying that Paramount may have inflated those numbers, too. It might not exactly be that $100 million that opened. They the might have just bought tickets and then weren't giving them away for free or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't heard of that. Huh. Weird. But, uh, yeah, then they would be X-Men and Days of Future Pass would be no- the... Second grossing movie of the summer so far. Um, next week, or this week, coming out July 18th. Everybody's been waiting for it. Everybody's excited. Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Will it rescue this? No. No, it's no. a direct... This is the cash-in <laughs> like nothing else. It feels sad. like it's another direct-to-DVD movie that they're putting it's out a, in theaters. It's another direct-to-DVD movie based off of a direct-to-DVD movie that found life in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, wait, we made money? Okay, let's yeah, it's, pop out that other one. Well, I mean, you put it out in the theater, you make money there, you make money on it's, DVDs. It just doesn't... It could be... I, I liked Cars, you know, just from the technical standpoint. Like, yeah. it's a gorgeous movie. Like, it's <laughs> got heart. Like, I didn't see Cars 2. Cars 3's in the works, so they realize... I'll see it eventually. But here's the thing, like... Not to cut you off, okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll go wrap ahead. it up soon. Yeah, Planes no looks like it's just trying to be like the Thomas the Tank version of Cars, so like they can just put out like those twenty minute episodes on TV to like teach kids about spelling or something. Like it. Well, they does did that with the Homemaders uh, Halloween special or Tomaters no? But those those are actually shorts. Yeah, those are actually fun little shorts though. Mm-hmm. Like this, just it seems like too much of a cash grab. Yeah, but the thing is with the Cars brand, I don't think... Oh, the whole thing's a cash grab. Oh, yeah, Easily, yeah. easily. It but is. this is just like... And the thing is, there's no brand there to devalue. I will say this. Fire and Rescue looks better than the first one, Planes. <sighs> well, because there's Fire and Rescue, so therefore there's a plot <laughs> right built in for you. There's a fire. We better go rescue somebody. We better go rescue that fire. <laughs> Somebody's trying to put it out. It's the topsy turvy world. What were you saying last night? The like the fire engine, the super moon, super moon, <laughs> super moon. There's yeah. a super moon last night, and there a fire engine went down the street. 
and we we had such great it's the second supermoon in like what five years. This is we crazy. had uh, <laughs> such horrible cloud cover that you couldn't see the supermoon. You could just see it glowing through the clouds. It's a very hazy night. But they just started us saying like, "Oh, go and put out the supermoon." <laughs> Get your land, get to the supermoon. Like, we're dumb, okay? We're just, just sitting there. Maybe giggle. Stupid shit we do, just like sitting around in the living room. <laughs> this is the stupid best friend stuff that you just throw something out there. <laughs> just like you in, Die Hard. You come in dancing to a kind of pop in front of your wife, and then yeah. she takes out a cell phone and videotapes you for no reason. Mm. Blackmail. Black <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I can't tell you guys apart when you talk, because you talk, you say the same thing. You're pretty much the same brain. Yeah. The man with one brain. So we've done everything. We've done everything. We need to open our black IPA. Oh, I gotta finish this one. Can no, we, take... we can start, you know, talking about the book and then open up. Well, the black if we want to do that other beer, I think we'll get through the book pretty quick, though. That's the yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take up. a pause. We'll take a little break here. It's already ten o'clock at night, but sure. No, we can have the argument still, even if it's we didn't have it before. Yeah, it's a dumb gonna, argument. I'm not going to argue it. Okay, good, because it was a stupid argument, John. <laughs> well, what do we have now? We have uh, the Back in we Black. Have, we have the Back in Black, which is the beer that Paul bought the other day when we were playing D&D that I had and was like, wow, this is really good. I really like this. I don't exactly get the hoppy IPA-ness from it. You get a really nice toasted, malty, dark mm-hmm. coffee kind of beer, uh, it, and it's it's lighter. It's lighter than a stout. It becomes a stout on the back though because it mm-hmm. gets definitely kind of smoky. smoky. Yeah, and but it is really really enjoyable. I really like this beer. I will continue to buy this beer. Yeah, when I'm in the mood for a darker beer. This will be it if I don't want something super heavy like a stout or a porter. I think, I think it leaves your tongue and mouth like an IPA, though. Like it's a little bit drier. You get that little on the side of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get the smoky. I get the uh, the maltiness. I don't get a coffee at all on it, but, you know, that just might be me. Uh, but, oh, man, I'm really loving the malt up front. Yeah. This is probably – I've had three of their beer, and I had a couple of their beers – a few years ago that I wasn't impressed with. I couldn't tell you which ones I had. But Back in Black has impressed me. And impressed me mm-hmm. enough that I will try their other beers. But I will go back to this one multiple times. Yeah, this is definitely one that I would drink again. Like the rest of them that we've had so far. Eh, I, I would drink it, but... If I was... If I was... I mean... Bargatory... I would drink the IPA on tap if there was nothing else good available. I would say, you know, that's not a bad beer. I'll yeah. take that. Are we doing power rankings right now? I think power rankings back in black, uh, so, yes. brew free and bitter American. I would agree. I would put, see the brew free or die IPA, IPA. I'm like, okay, it's a good IPA, but it's not anything special. So I want to pick it up. Or it's a bitter American. It just being a nice saison in a can. I'm it's like, not a saison. It's a pale session. Pale. Session. Session ale. Nice session ale. I'm sorry. I said saison. Session that, ale. We almost had a little bit of a controversy. <laughs> controversy? What? Controversy. I, I can't remember. What it was controversy. Uh, so it would go black and black, back and black, bitter American, then brew free. Are you saying the bitter American just on the <clears throat> sense of having a nice, nice, light, freshing beer for in the can? Yep. For Going disc golfing. Mm-hmm. 
going disc golfing, having something that I can put in a cooler. Where the brew free, I probably would probably buy. You know, if I was, uh, yeah, I would probably buy two packs of the Bitter American to one pack of the IPA and put it in a cooler to bring to the park with me. Now, bar ranking. You're going to a bar. Going to a bar. What are you going to buy at a bar? Get a pint of. Out of these. Out of these, I would go back in black. Next. Next. Refree or die. And then the Bitter American last. But I don't know if I would get any session at a bar. I've done it before. Yeah. Uh, we've actually, I think both Chris and I have gotten the beer that you picked up just for happenstance of mm-hmm. the white IPA from Otter Creek. Yeah. Okay. I just, I picked it up to drink out on the porch one day as I was reading. Now, is that Secession and also white IPA or is it just their Session white IPA? That's I think it's, it's a Session beer they're putting out that's different than other people's just Session beers. Okay. It's a white IPA, which a white IPA can be a light. Mm-hmm beer. Not yeah. something that, you know, it doesn't under, need under, that, 7%. under that 5%, mm-hmm. that 5 or lower. Because that's what a session is. It's a 5 or lower. It's a very quick brewing process, and that's why it's called a session. It's done well, in one it, It's something that you can sit and drink in a session and not get oh, okay. wrecked on. Mm-hmm. You can sit and have multiple beers. Because Otter Creek has another session ale. They have just called a session ale, right? And that comes in a six-pack in bottles. I think so. I think I think it's that. You can get that in bottles. Yeah, but no, it's not called Fresh Slice, though. No, they do have the Fresh Slice, but there is another session, like IPA yeah. or something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it might just be their session IPA, then. Mm-hmm. Like It's like yeah. a session ale. It's something like that. I, I've seen it on the shelves, but I haven't picked it up. So, since. yes. So, yes. Yes. Okay. I, I just, Everybody's got those sessions <laughs> out. Well, it's just kind of crazy that they have two sessions, two se- separate different sessions. That's so. all I'm saying. You can't, it's hard to find those white IPAs now. You know, it's two years ago and last year, it was pretty easy. <laughs> everybody has a session ale out right now and everybody has a different take on Green Arrow. We got the TV version out there. We got the comic book version, which is kind of similar to the TV version. And then we got the old 52 version of Green Arrow and the big old boxing glove. And then we got the micro and also, I think very much uh, the quiver from uh, James Kevin Simon Bob, Kevin Smith, there we go, is basically the same kind of Green Arrow. Uh, here, in Green Arrow, the Longbow Hunters. Uh, this definitely, it starts off with him and Diana Lance uh, moving out to a new town out west, what is it, Seattle? Seattle. And opening up a flower shop. Called Sherwood Forest, Floris, Sherwood Floris, sorry, and um, talking about how it kind of stinks getting older, and one and trying to figure out their place in this town and also their place in life and and with each other and as superheroes, and it uh, focuses on an interesting story of him running up against uh, this weird crime that's going on with yeah. There's a serial killer that's been taking people out and there's no connection between all the people that have been marked and ali is not the only one on this hunt well there's the serial killer that's been going across the united states killing streetwalkers and that leads into these other random killings that are also going on to seattle that aren't related that he knows is a different killer and he's trying to figure out 
what is happening. And what he figures out, it's deep political intrigue. All of 1980s comic books of uh, don't it, trust your government, kids. It does, I mean, it has that, it does have that 80s feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really didn't mind. I thought I really liked the art in the book, and I thought it it fit the story. And photorealistic, that, it's sketchy, a lot of lines on it, yeah, a lot of hatching. Um, which I I enjoyed the art, but it does make it feel, and the story makes it feel a little dated. Uh, but like that political thing, kind of. The, I mean, that fits mm-hmm. Green Arrow. You it, know, it fits. Who Green Arrow was. Like, yes. honestly, it was a shock going back to reading this Green Arrow because I haven't read this Green Arrow the old man in Green years. Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, I mean, for how long have we had, like, the new 52? Three, like, three years, four yep, years. Three. And even, I don't read Green Arrow now, but I've seen him in things. But before that, like, Green Arrow was one of those characters that would pop up in something and he would just say something. I was like, oh yeah, it's Green Arrow. Because I hadn't actually read Green Arrow. I'm trying to think, like, since the Judd Winnick issues. Oh. With, um, like, Phil Hester and Art. Yeah. It's been, it, it's been a long time it's, since I've read, like, a, a Green time, Arrow book. And he's, you know, he's popped up here and there. I mean, uh, the fall of Green Arrow, the rise of Red uh, Arrow. Oh, we don't tell you that's yeah. like Amazon Attack. You don't talk about that. Um, but, like, Green Arrow's always been a character that I've always liked. I've always kind of loved. Mm-hmm. And he's always had his, his moments, you know, mm-hmm. Quiver was one of those ones that I really enjoyed the beginning run on that and mm-hmm. did drop off after a while just because well, writers come it, on, writers, you know. It was a different writer after that. Yeah. It was actually uh, Brad Meltzer. Brad Martz. Or, yeah. Brad and it was, Meltzer. It was a little bit after uh, after him, but I mean, like, uh, you, you. Well, you, Judd Winnick was after yeah. him, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember what. I mean, it was. Years ago. I right, right. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't remember where he fell off and who was writing, and I don't remember <laughs> Metzler or Winnick writing it. Uh, but I remember just being like, eh, I've kind of had my a little bit of my fill. It kind of seems like the same thing over and over again. You know, it's just how I had that kind of... Everybody has that feeling about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I've always really enjoyed Oliver Queen, Green Arrow. Do we, and this is a very, like... Oliver Queen getting back, quote unquote, to basics and going street level for kind of the first time again, you know, in the 80s. This is where I think a lot of the street level Green Arrow take that influenced. I think this influenced a lot think, of I what think, Green Arrow I think, was. I think one, our comic like reading. going into this, I kind of felt that and knew that, that it's like, this is one of those, this is one of the reasons why we have quiver before before the new 52 why we have the oliver queen that we have before because i could even look at this and be like okay i can see where they were getting some of the feel for even the animated you know justice league unlimited like he's kind of gruff and older and like kind of the guy coming up and being like i'm going to keep these heroes for you know and you know uh, responsible roy's like a son Mm -hmm. to me he's got a kid i feel like a grandpa kind of a thing um, I 43. Did, 43 years old. I did really enjoy the book. I didn't have a hard time, like, putting it down. I enjoyed seeing Shadow in there because it's a character that is 
current, you know. Oh, she's yeah. she appears in the show. She's in the new fifty two, um, in the books that I've been reading. Uh so like I enjoyed kind of seeing like I imagine where her start was and I where she's so. gone from here to <laughs> the new fifty two. Uh, I I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the book saying like, this is this is like reading a book from the eighties. Like I I understand where it falls in its place. I it took me a while to get into it, not just because it had been a while since I read this Oliver Queen, but it made me feel like I don't like Oliver Queen. Oh really? Yeah, I, I like Green Arrow. You don't but, like him navel gazing and wondering his place in the world and. If he's a creep. no, like that was okay, but like everything else about him just is kind of like irking me. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Just... So what was the everything? Uh, like what else was there the, other than the like feeling old? <laughs> I don't know what else there just, was I to mean, that character. A lot of the really. story yeah. isn't even about him. He's just kind of yeah in it. As him caring too much about Diana and like Dinah. Dinah. Diana's Wonder Woman. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just, it, he bugged me in it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, it's hard to describe, but like, I, I appreciated the stuff with him going like up against Shadow more. Like, that was the hook for me. Like, the stuff with Dinah going undercover. The Dinah didn't care. Like, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it's this isn't something I would want to see more of. But it was butt cheek. <laughs> but you can definitely see the influence. Oh you no, like, like, we're not wrong, right? No, like, like this. The, that's one. This of those... is definitely what influenced who Green Arrow was for a good stretch of time. No, and I I knew that like going into this book okay. because every interview I've read with anyone that's been writing Green Arrow since has been like, oh yeah, you know, I was a big fan of the Mike Grell Longbow Hunter stuff, mm-hmm. like. That's and that's why I thought that's it was always like brought up. I always feel like, oh man, I should have read that by now. I should have definitely read that. By that's now. why I was like, when you put this out there, it's like, yeah, this gives me really an excuse, excuse to read. read it. It was, it's definitely a stack shame book. It's, I think it's an interesting read just for that purpose only. And you know what? I kind of miss this. There is no character in DC right now. DCU, new that, DCU that right is now. Like this. That is the older character. That is been around and kind of knows. And he's what's also what. he's just a guy that shoots a bow really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like for an '80s book, it's the art. The art in it is so much better than what normal we have. 80s an '80s art the artist. Is, is, it's Mike Grell. Oh, it's yeah, yes. Mike Grell. Yeah, he did it all. I mean, and and you can feel that with yep with his panel layouts and where he puts everything. Like it it the art impacts the emotion that he's trying to tell. Well, also on art was uh, Julia Lequement uh, on color. So there you go. I, 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 you know, I feel it's important. one of those eighty books that it's the better art than what you normally get in an eighties book. It's still very eighties though. Oh, it's like, totally it's, it's totally eighties, yeah. but it's better than. It's the upper class Echelon, yeah. of the of the '80s art. Yeah, because you know that was the whole the shadow, uh, like the shadow stuff, is the best part of the book. With her being trained and 
It's very, uh... I really like the panel layouts. I thought it told the story well. Like, it's... It was, see, it was kind of confusing with the panel layouts, though, because so much of it is done with the way that I don't know if I'm supposed to be reading, like, across, across both pages, or, or if I'm just reading this page and then yeah. move over to the next one. And I would get into the habit of, like, oh, I'm supposed to read across both pages. And then I would do that. I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. I was like, okay, no, this page, I have to read yeah. this page and then go over to the second it's, one. I think it might be an issue of going to trade paperbacks where those were prestige issues. It was only released in three issues and there might have been advertisements on some of those pages. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. now that there's no advertisements, you're just reading it. Through. I, I felt the same way um, with that, Chris. And, uh, but like, I, I still felt, I still felt they could conveyed that emotion and everything. I, I would recommend it for anyone who enjoys Green Arrow and wants a one of those things that influence other people. Mm-hmm. And I I'm would glad... say he also influenced, especially with the shadow work, she from uh, Peter David something David. Michael David? No. She. You might be thinking about Kabuki. Kabuki, yeah. By David Mack. David Mack, there it is. I think that's the, influ- you know, probably a lot of influence there too. I can see that. I don't think I don't think it's a bad read. Um, if you're definitely interested in Green Arrow, the older Green Arrow that we've had, the Green Arrow that I like that I like the older Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. I do, and I don't. I've been I've been reading. I think for over a year now, I've been reading the new Green Arrow, the younger one, mm-hmm. and I enjoy those books because it's a those they're good comics. They're really good stories. <laughs> Um, didn't it make do, you miss? Did it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, it did make me miss the older Green Arrow, but it's the older Green Arrow that I've gotten in so many books. So, so many books. You so, know, even mm-hmm. even um, the Metzler where yeah, the Sue, identity Sue crisis, gets, identity crisis. You know, like that that Green Arrow, like, and that's the book that made me go like. Green Arrow's cool. Like I, I'd read Quiver. I liked Quiver, but that was the moment where I was like, "Yeah, Green Arrow, he's freaking cool." Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have read this on my own if we hadn't talked about it for the show. I wouldn't read more of it. Would you recommend it at all? Or be like, no, that, that Honestly, Green Arrow I, no longer matters. Put some dirt no, over not, that corpse. Not that. I think the work that inspired. Is better than the work itself. Wow, I, I would agree. If somebody asked me about a Green Arrow book, I'd probably tell them to read like Quiver or something. No, I, I would say like The Archer's Quest by Brad Meltzer first and foremost. Year one, I would go with yeah. Jock. Like, yeah, but are you just doing that because of Jock? Because I couldn't finish read. I didn't finish. But so four series. issues. Yeah. <laughs> Black market. Let's see if you can make it. <laughs> She's for the year one with Jock and Beyond the Island. It could could also be a case of this is one of those things, like, it's been so built up that, like, I went into it being like, okay, this is, like, what Green Arrow, like, stemmed from. And I can see that. It's the Watchmen of Green Arrow. But it's... I've seen this Oliver Queen before, and it could be the fact that I am living in that world where... I had that green arrow. Mm-hmm. So like the relevance of this just doesn't doesn't matter. Like like Watchmen. Watchmen changed, you know, comic books in the eighties. Do you like the uh, Ramones? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the creative, because it's no, it was, like the Ramones, a lot of people, oh, that's where punk music got its start. Like, 
you're living in the punk world that the Ramones built. Hmm? But uh, like you can go back to the Ramones and be like, and I'm mentioning the Ramones because Tommy, they, Tommy just died yeah. and he's the last uh, was the last living member. They're 62, man, really young, or yeah, well, like well, really old yeah, for he, what he they did. Outlived the rest of them. <laughs> uh, the guy that played Fenrir uh, Greyback. Yeah, he just died. Yep, saw that too. Didn't talk about it because I don't know what else he's done. I don't think he's done. I, I don't know. It's I can appreciate those because. They're good on their enough own? on their own that like you just even talking about the Ramones maybe be like man I really want to listen to the Ramones now like reading this and making me want to be like man I want to go read more 1970s Green Arrow books you know I I they, they, it, it hits different like mm-hmm. I appreciate reading this book knowing that it's what stemmed a lot of those other great mm-hmm. stories and I. I really didn't mind it. I I went in there saying, hey, this is one of those books that, or mm-hmm. a Green Arrow book that you should probably read. Yeah. You, you know, if you're a fan of Green Arrow, you you probably should at some point at least check it out. And I didn't mind the book. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hey, there's some scenes in this book where I'm like, man, they're right. They just basically aped the exact scene that's happening here in another book that I read like years later. It's like lifted. Like in Quiver, the scene between Dinah and Green Arrow, I'm like, I'm like, this is the same conversation they had back then. Like, it's, and they're moved to a new town and everything, and I'm like, whew. Kind of uh, crazy. I think it's definitely, it's definitely at some point in your life worth a checking out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a Green Arrow fan for years. This is the first time I've sat down to read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's necessary, but I think if you want to see where a lot of your great stories have stemmed from, this is it. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't recommend anything earlier than this because I've never read anything earlier than yes. this. This is probably the earliest Green Arrow book I've read. And it's like 1986, 1987. This is to make us want to do these kind of stories more or less. Like we're going back to the thing people say, hey, if you want to read the you know, quintessential story that basically started, you know, what, where everybody is. Like, should we go back and read The Inhumans by Jay Lee with, uh, what was it, Jay Lee that did the art on that? And, uh, uh, like that, those kind of stories. I'm trying to think of no, other. Like, no, like, I, I've, no, I we're... was given, like, the first six volumes of the original Spider Man. And I tried reading them and I just gave them away. Yeah. Same thing with I have the the original Golden Age Green Arrow Alan Scott books. I tr- I read Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Thank you. I was gonna uh, say we, we were just talking about not reading that earlier. So. Um, and I I read maybe maybe a I'm not talking of about it. Golden Age. I'm talking about those quintessential storylines that have well, influenced. I I think anyone who is interested in a character should. You know, if it's your favorite character, you should read those things. You should go back there and say, like, okay, this is where it started, and have an open mind to it, because the art won't be great, the storytelling might not be as good, but mm-hmm. when you're growing up reading that and it affects you, then yeah. I can't go back anything before 84. Anything pre-Crisis in DCU, I can't do, because yeah. even the start of Crisis is really bad. 
Yeah, I think crisis. I mean, I I've read I've read different stuff, but yeah, I mean, too many word, too many thought balloons for every character. Too much reading. <laughs> no, it's just, and the thought balloons are just describing the action that's going on. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like they didn't trust the artist enough. I mean, comic, to do anything. The comic medium there's, has changed so mm-hmm. much. I think there's them. enough, not just like retellings, but. Going back to the beginnings of the characters, like your Green Arrow year one, mm-hmm. or setting the tone for the modern Green Arrow or Green Lantern or Spider-Man, like, mm-hmm. that you don't need to go too far back because at that point it does start to feel dated. Like, Batman. Hey, we got Learn to Crawl coming out right now from Marvel. The year 1.5 or whatever it is. I don't even Dan know. Dan Slot. Dan Slot is doing, uh, Learn to Crawl. It's called Spider Man. Yeah, in, in the Spider Man books, it's a retelling of the origin, basically the origin, right after the origin story. No, and then we had all the zero issues from it, new, the new Fifty Two. You know, I'm not going to judge that yeah. Spider Man book because I won't read it. But you know what? You look at the uh, like Spider Man Blue from Jeff Loeb, like great story, like yeah. Daredevil Yellow, like those are solid. They're like retellings of those earlier times, but they're done in a more modern way that's paying homage to that, and it. It works. I think there's more than enough stuff out there now to give you that taste while not taking you out of it or distracting you because it's like, oh, like, look at how janky. You gotta keep talking, Chris. Oh, it's hard when you put something in front of me to read. In front of how John. janky, like, Dino Lance's face is in this one or, like, how they're talking about, like, the HIV problem that's coming up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's the same thing I was gonna say before, like, the Frank Miller Batman stuff, like mm. Dark Knight Strikes Back, like Dark Knight Returns, even like mm-hmm. yeah, those are like the quintessential year Batman zero. in the '80s stories. Yeah, you're like Year One. No, no, Year Zero. Oh, was it Year? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah year, year One, and now it's Year Zero. Like Sorry. those, those again are the well, Year One's better than the other stuff. Yeah, but no, no, because he makes some weird ass choices in Year One he too, does. especially with Catwoman being this really aged prostitute for no reason. She's not aged. She's just bald. Okay. Is she not supposed to be she's old? A, she's a scrapper. Okay. But I think that's a more solid book than the other ones. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is like with Klaus Janssen's art. Um, but like the Dark Knight books, Ooh. even reading them, like they're so dated. You have like Reagan popping in. <laughs> talking about like the Star Wars program and like Missile and like the Cold War. Well, it and is I a know pop it's, medium, it's, it and is it should of be time. of its time. It's designed. It's but a weekly go, comic book. It's I know, supposed but to be coming out to weekly go back, and be read in that week. My my point is to go okay. back and look at that, though. When you're reading it, you're automatically thinking, like, there's Reagan. If you watch any movie from before 2001, if you see the World Trade Tower, you're like, hey, there it is. Like, it's, for that moment, the illusion's ruined. Wait. It, but it's I, it take it takes you out of it because it that's of the time like yeah but are you but when you're supposed to be coming I, into when it when I'm at reading that, when I'm that reading that, at, that, at that when I'm period. reading that book yeah, but and like and Reagan shows up I kind of go yeah this book is written then like it doesn't it doesn't affect me because I know that this book is taking place then mm-hmm. yeah it's it's still distracting though. Like if you're going about the story and then it comes in like out of nowhere. I, guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's like I all, walk into all... those stories knowing 
the time frame that it was written, you know, yeah. and kind of and expect that. And that's like when I went into this book, I knew that this book mm-hmm. is an early book. Like, it didn't distract me. And, I, and, you know, I felt like, well, this is the better art that you're going to get from an 80s book. My girl's good. I've never read Grendel, right? That's his claim to No, that's... that's uh, man, I'm a horrible comic book. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Wagner. Matt Wagner, yeah. Wagner, yeah. My bad. I'm a horrible no. comic book fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he writes stuff that you don't read. Yep. Grendel, Mage, uh, Sandman Mystery Theater. Yep. Yeah, Sandman Mystery Theater, I still can. I, see, I like it. You don't. I, Remember we had this. We had this yeah, on the show where you like Neil Gaiman, Sandman. Yeah. I like Sandman Mystery Theater, and Paul likes the new Sandman. Wait, what? What Sandman do I like? Oh you yeah, like Sandman the, from GSA. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, <laughs> it's all those different versions. Like he's well, here's, Warlord. He, here's the thing: like that entire Sandman runs like late '80s, early '90s. Like I can go back and reread that over and over and over again. And I feel like the art is is very similar to this in those books. Those books look eighties. Mm. Those books have an eighties feel. They, totally they have, 80s. Totally. They everything about they it. Have the an, colors, the drawing, everything is very eighties. They have an eighties feel, but there's nothing overwhelmingly eighties about it. The hair. Yeah, but there's nothing coming out like, well, have you tried new Coke? Like, you know, like that's that's what does it for me. Yeah, but they, you don't have that in this Green Arrow. We just talked about how they do. Like a new, I mean, yep. They feel in the talking of the Iran-Contra. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that. It's, I mean, it's set it's, in that time. Yeah. Like it is, it's part of that. Chris doesn't like movies that's, that have the time bubble that starts in the movie. That's why he Wait, hated what? X-Men First Class. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, when when you start a movie and it has a time, like 1983, he, that's why he hates Back to the Future. Yeah, none of that's true. I hated <laughs> X-Men First Class because it was a shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't start off present day. It started off 1960-something. No. I like movies that take place in the past. I'm trying to make that a thing, Paul. <laughs> I'm just trying but to. I mean, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. But, I even like three. But these... I like, oh, three, yeah. I like three as well. I like three better than two. Yeah, I like three better than two. Yeah. And I only like the last half of two the most when he goes back. But if I'm going to watch any of them, I'm watching the first one. And first oh, one yeah, only. obviously. Because it's stupid. The whole... One. All of a sudden, he has this whole, oh, if you call him chicken, he'll do whatever you say. It's like, what? Never happens in the first movie. He's called Marty McFly. You call him Chicken, and then he's like, okay. "That happens in the first one." No, it doesn't. Nobody calls me Chicken. He does not say that in the first movie whatsoever. Go back. That's your homework now. I don't have it. I'll let you borrow it. Oh, that means we get to watch. <laughs> yeah. We get to watch Back to the Future, man. Oh wait, no, no. He learns from his father, though, that you gotta stand up for yourself, though. Ergo, time machine, he knew that going in. So, that, therefore, he even changed his own future, even though he's the only one that remembers his own past? No. His old but past? How long after the fact does he remember that? For how long? So, you're saying as soon as uh, Doc pulls up again in the time machine, he suddenly. Everything shifts, gets everything shifted. changes. 
don't know. This is some. You the guys time, are stretching. The time. I mean, the time, you guys are really working line, at this. The timeline finally catches up. It's up to him. Marty. He's no longer an agent outside of time. That's yeah. your argument. Who knows? It's, I don't think. Saying. I don't think character Zemeckis they... thought of this when they <laughs> did that. But yeah, I'm saying. Good on you because that is a pretty that is pretty sound logic in the weird logic that happens in those in Back to Future two and three. Uh, to get back on topic, <laughs> Green. I, I prefer the Back I to think the Future talk. Long, Longbow Hunter is not something that I would recommend to everyone, mm-hmm. but if somebody comes up and is a fan of Green Arrow, I'd say you know it might be something to check out because this is where. You get the start of that original 52's Green Arrow. I, I would rather just steer them towards the better 52 stuff, though. See, I wouldn't say this is a bad 52. No, no but I, I didn't this say bad. that. I this said there's, really good. there's, but stuff here's the that's thing better. is, there's, there's things that you say, well, this, 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 and this, and you might, I think this stands up well really well. well. I think so too, Chris. Or Paul. <laughs> oh my god. Nobody can tell us apart. We're all friends. I, we all are wearing I'm each other's drunk. underwear. I'm it's glad crazy. we didn't do that third. I want to pop it open beer. now. Oh, but, can we have it? Yeah, I would love that. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Anyways, we're wrapping up our episode. We're done. Well, we can't have one more beer to try. <laughs> no, not we're a, done. Not no, episode. get out of my house. <laughs> not an episode about Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can do a not episode. Well, that could be our next back, episode. If we want to do a not episode of Back to the Future, we got 35 minutes to do it. Then I'm kicking you All right. We'll open up another I like beer. this idea. It's fine. Okay, let's wrap up this one first, though. Okay. I mean, it's it's going to be hard Email to wrap up. Contact at backtoboardcast.com. <laughs> Follow us over at Twitter at backtoboard. We just got new messages from our friend at Lawrence Guest, so thank you for those that new message. I responded. Oh, great. Facebook us over on, you know, come on our face.com, whatever it's called. (laughs) Facebook.com. You haven't had to pee once this episode. Wow. So hot. So hot in this room, you're just sweating it all out. Um, whenever we post on Facebook about a new episode, it always goes over to the Twitter too, and I'm happy Texas Swingnut always shares those with the rest of his oh, followers. Yeah. So hey, thanks for that little bump too, because mm-hmm. that always makes me yeah, happy we, when I see that too. We always appreciate that. So email us, yeah. comment, rate and review. Comment over on Facebook. Comment. Yeah. Share the podcast. Let everyone know you're listening to us because we like it. If there's topics that you see during the week that you're like, oh man, I wonder what the Begging Board Boys are going to say about this. Post it to uh to us over on Twitter or post it on our Facebook page, and then we'll make sure we look at it and be like, oh, Paul, did you actually watch that clip? And I'll say no. And then right before we click uh, record, I'll watch that clip. And we'll Or if you want to hear it. us talk about more 80s movies in an episode. <laughs> and also, you know, like we, we do these trade and policies. These are things that we are like, hey, I don't think the other guys have read this. I enjoy it. But if there's something out there that you think that we haven't read – We've done it before with, with Lawrence Guest. Yeah. He put us over to, to do a book and then Paul bought the wrong book and then we reviewed the book the that he book. didn't want us to read. But hey, uh, we do do that. So, you know, always hit us Without up. Without needing to do a Kickstarter <laughs> or Patreon for it. So guess what? We're doing this for you for free, legitimately and, for you for free. And if you have like show topics, you're like, hey, what do you guys feel about this? Throw them out there. We always enjoy them. We read them. We, we use them whenever we can. San Diego Comic Con's right around the corner. Hopefully, you guys uh, have some predictions, or you know, we'll see stuff that uh, we might miss. And I'm looking forward to some to Marvel. The Marvel. I'm looking forward to seeing what DC has to say to try to do something. 
Did you see that DC still there's uh with the Saturday scheduling there's no schedule for uh any of the Batman versus Superman? I think you're gonna get a picture of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in one picture because they tease that a photographer was taking pictures of the three of them, and I think you're gonna see that at San Diego, all three of them in a costume. Yeah, because it's not scheduled for Saturday, the busiest day of the convention. You know, a uh, talk or anything. So, anyways, kind of interesting. Wrap it up. Yep, we're wrapped. We're done. Good night.